Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. The TRB base is open, and this is our Monday news show. We're going to talk about anything going on in the galaxy far, far away. Uh, not a ton of news to get into, but we always have fun with all the stories we dive into here on TRB. If you are new to the show, welcome. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. The base is open, so tell your friends if they like Star Wars, they're looking for stuff to get into because they watched everything on Netflix 50 times, including Tiger King or The Office <laughs> for the 500th time. Join us. We have two episodes every week, Monday and Thursday, and uh, a lot of other stuff on our YouTube channel and our Patreon, but we'll get into that stuff later. Uh, but again, welcome, and uh, we're going to dive into it as always with me, James and Lacey. Um, guys, what, uh, what's been going on in your world? I know in one of our Patreon videos, we talked about other stuff we've been watching. Uh, have you guys been doing any Star Wars rewatches, movies, animated, any revisits of books or anything like that? Or you kind of just been business as usual? Fairly business as usual for me, other than, um, like I said, in the Patreon video, I recently got HBO to watch uh, mm-hmm. Watchmen and yeah. possibly Chernobyl if I have time before the free trial ends. <laughs> I feel yeah. like such a stickler, but I just literally like... There's only like one and maybe one other thing, and I'm like, I don't want to pay for that. I just want to like see it and be done. I don't know. Right. And I can do that in a week, I think. So mm. I'm watching Watchmen. I'm like episode two or so. Nice. Nice. Lacey, what about you? Uh, well, I just watched all of Tiger King. I watched it. <laughs> I watched mm-hmm. it in like two days. Although, to be fair, I was, like, folding laundry and stuff while watching it, so I didn't just, like, watch it by itself and, like, Mm -hmm. just binge it. Um, It was crazy. It was nuts. Uh, I get why people thought it was so nuts. And it was one of those shows that, like, everybody was talking about it, and I was like, I don't know if I should watch it. Um, I get these, like, weird things where I'm like, "Uh," and then I was like, let me just watch an episode, and then I was hooked. Um, And then I watched (laughs) uh, How to Fix a Drug Scandal, which was very, very good. And what else did I watch? Uh, oh, and I've been watching Great British Bake Off. Again, nice. re-watching it. I've already watched it all. If Joe Exotic was in Star Wars, where would you where would you see him fitting in? He'd be like that droid guy in Solo that has droids fighting each other. That's a good pick. Like the Clint Howard guy? Yes. He's never had it so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was thinking uh, in Jabba's palace somewhere. Just he's such a. Because he just dresses so oddly. And I could see him like dancing around and like just being just absolutely whacked out of his mind, just fitting in at a Jabba sail barge party. But, so I heard. Um, I like your pick better, I think. Yeah. So I heard there are younger, or not younger, smaller episodes on YouTube of him where he's younger. That's where younger came from. But like all his pitch episodes, um, funny enough, I heard this from Brian Herring, who plays BB-8, who told me to go watch these things. So I have to go do that. I don't. Whatever. <laughs> I was like, I'll take BB-8's word for it that it's good. Supposedly, we're talking they're talking to the guy who... more episodes, or they're doing a Fox thing, right? So no, it's Tigers. It's Tigers. What? Are you guys are serious? John was what? joking. He's talking about he's, yeah, he's talking about the network. Oh yeah, no, they um, 
they are releasing more episodes. I don't know when, but they said that they are. But I guess like these are all the things from his YouTube channel and like yeah, the pitches yeah. <laughs> to get the show, um, yeah. which I didn't know existed. So I have to report back on how those are. My favorite part is the people who were shocked when they found out he wasn't really doing the singing on his songs. I'm like, did you hear the man speak? Who was who like, singing it? He, he hired some <laughs> guy. So Lacey you right thought now. it was him? Lacey. I was very shocked. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> Which, by the way, that is the most cringy part of all of it, are these music videos he does. Like, yes. Like, Kitty yeah. Kitty. That and Carol yeah. being like, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. I cringe every I time start, I hear it. Should I start Thursday's show with that? Hey, all you <laughs> cool really cats and kittens. <laughs> hey, all you cool loth cats and, and uh, <laughs> whatever. Um, but you, you just casually breezed over the fact that you, uh, you were chatting with uh, Brian Herring, who puppeteers BB-8. Is that what just happened? <laughs> yeah, we got into Tiger King. It's not okay. a brag, though. Yeah. Because I want to give credit to when someone suggests me something cool. I want to give credit to the person that suggested it. Sure. I'm, yeah. I'm sure the I'm sure the bagger at Walmart, when they suggest something to you, is going to get a name drop on the podcast. First of all, absolutely they would. If someone told me something was great and it was great, I'd be like, hey, this person told no me that offense it was great. To, yeah, no offense to anyone at Walmart. I'm just kidding. But, guys, um, and uh, yeah. So, <laughs> guys and yeah. So guys and yeah. No, I'm now I'm thinking about Joe the Tiger King, and it's just like throwing me for a loop that we're talking about Star Wars here. But yeah, we're gonna get into uh, our new segment now. It's called the Resistance Report, and James is gonna take us through. What's up, man? It's the Resistance. Oh, are we back at this again? <laughs> Rosario Dawson. She's likely going to be playing Ahsoka, right? That's that's how it goes. Um, but the latest news, the latest news, the l- latest rumor mill that we're hearing here is that she actually has a multi-show deal. So um, I'm going to let John give get into the specifics of this first. But long story short, this uh, this could mean that they had bigger plans for this person, which kind of points to why maybe they picked this specific actor. What do you think, John? So, we chose to run with this story from a certain angle, and that angle kind of being that this is more of a uh, industry norm than it is uh, an indication that she's going to be popping up in Kenobi or Cassian or her own show or what have you. Not to say that she won't. It's possible that she will. But um, this type of thing is industry norm, especially for franchises, big franchises, um, and for a character of this caliber so for example um just recent history for star wars first of all george lucas um had locked in you know ford and fisher and hamill to multi-picture deals for the original trilogy um fords i believe was only two so they had to convince him to come back for return of the jedi but having said that i feel like recent examples are better because this is the studio Mm -hmm. that's running it now disney lucasfilm uh felicity jones was signed to uh with a sequel in her contract and her character died at the end of Rogue One. So <laughs> they wanted to, you know, have the option to revisit her uh, in a prequel of Rogue One or, or what have you, but um, they wanted that option there. And then uh, Alden Ehrenreich confirmed that he had three films on his contract uh, for Han Solo. And as of yet, he's only appeared as Han Solo once. Now, 
the I reason think for this nested too because she's commented a couple times that it was the first in a series or like yeah she thought there were gonna yeah, be more she was on celebration or she was at celebration <clears throat> on the star wars show and she right. like the let slip i remember when this came out she referred to them as well when we were shooting the first one the first one yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's a few reasons why they do this. One, obviously, if it's a young talent, you want to kind of get them at the low cost, kind of like when um, baseball owners buy out free agent years of their young talent. So instead of them making $30 million a year, they're making, you know, $5 million. And it's just mm-hmm. a smart business move to get younger talent under contract. And uh, to parlay that into um, character flexibility. You know, you want that continuity. You don't want, say... Rosario Dawson plays Ahsoka in The Mandalorian. And it's like, you know what, guys? I just got a new Netflix deal with these guys, Benioff and Wise. They're making some new movies. I'm going to go over there with them. And then they have to recast Ahsoka again. And then they have Ahsoka playing, being played by two different people in live action. Star Wars loves continuity. That is not a good thing. Um, and I know you have people who play younger versions of characters. I get that. But you don't have people playing same timeline or later different actors so um it's just that option to have do we want the option to bring han back and do something let's lock that kid up uh yes we know that we're probably going to kill off felicity jones at the end of rogue one with all these other characters but maybe she can fit in somewhere else uh even like the cassian show in a flashback who knows and then the same thing with ahsoka you know maybe they are kind of testing the waters to see if they want to do a series with her uh, does she want to pop in somewhere else? Are they going to MCU this thing and have people connected in different parts and different shows and different movies? So um, you get a talent like Rosario Dawson. You're not going to just sign her to a, a one-day contract for a cameo. Um, if she's interested and you, you're interested and you want to invest in the character, you put the options there. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but it's just an industry norm thing. So I know there's going to be a lot of clickbait out there saying this means she's going to appear here, 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 and here. But this is just more of a formality than anything else. Um, yeah, I like the use of the word option. I'll get into that in a second, but, uh, Lacey, any thoughts on this story? Yeah. I mean, I think John is completely correct. I think that this is just to protect themselves and to make sure that the, the talent knows that they're locked in no matter what the future of that role or character has. I think this kind of started for Disney, at least kind of with Robert Denny Jr. and Iron Man because they only really locked him in for one movie, and then that movie did gangbusters, so then the next time they had to re-up his contract, they owed him a ton of money, um, and they had to pay it, because he's Iron Man. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that kind of set the precedent for a lot of movies after that, especially with Disney, that they were like, let's get them locked in now, especially someone like Alden or Felicity, which are big-name actors, but that aren't probably making Robert Downey Jr. money, uh, get them at the price that they are now if they tend to go bigger in the future. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't read into this as, oh, this must mean something exactly for the Jyn so contract because I remember people were like, oh, that means she's got multiple. I was like, no, she's dead. <laughs> the character's dead. Yeah. They're not going to make a sequel. Um, but, yeah, I... It's exciting to know that, like, projects are moving. I think all of us have said numerous times that, like, we're in this weird period of Lucasfilm and Star Wars of, like, we know that Mandalorian's coming, Cassian coming is coming, and then uh, Kenobi is on its way. 
But Cassian and Kenobi, we keep getting all these crazy updates and changes. So Mandalorian is that only like static thing that we're like, yes, we're definitely getting this. And so anytime I hear an update, it just kind of like in in this uncertain world we're living in right now, it's like that, like the cozy blanket of, yes, we're getting Mandalorian soon. Because um, other than that, it's like, what else do we have? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'll take it, yeah. even if it's like, you know, I'm not the biggest Ahsoka fan. I'm just pumped to hear anything about Mandalorian that whether it's Ahsoka or Jamie Lee Curtis or anything. But yeah, this is cool. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I, I kind of had two points on the story. The The first one was the Robert Downey Jr. thing, and I think you're, you're, you're right. You're totally right with it. I think the only thing that you said was they'd locked him for one movie. I don't think that's true. I, I don't think this started with Robert Downey Jr. Because I'm pretty confident that they would have done what is typical. They locked Robert Downey Jr. for like three or four or five films, whatever it was, and then they used him through that. And by by the time they had got all the way through that and they were up for the renew, because they, they locked him for Iron Man 1, 2, and 3, and then probably a couple of other appearances, and they used those. But then it was somewhere around like Infinity War, you know, or Civil War, I think, maybe even. Um, and they were they were like, shoot, we already used up all of his contracts for all of his movies. Um, but you're 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 absolutely right that that is the reason they do that. And um, my experience with the music industry is people don't really care as much on the music side of it, but it operates the same way. So the mm-hmm. the big people with money, which are the studios slash record labels, right? they want the ball in their court to be able to have you hooked. So when you sign a record contract, you sign a record contract, not for one CD, like, Oh, we're going to do our next CD with this label. It's not that it's, you have to make a decision on whether you want to be with that label for the next three or four or five records. Mm -hmm. And the way they, the way it's referred to is you get, like one or two records that are mandatory and they are definitely going to happen. And then everything past that is optional and it's optional. Mm -hmm. If the record label wants to pick you up. So you sign for five records when you're young, because you're like, well, shoot, I don't care if we're super popular, I'm going to be just on this label. But then your first record blows up and your second record is even bigger and you don't want to be with that record label anymore because you know if you were to switch record labels now, you can make so much more money because your name is a higher now, but you're stuck because yeah. you're doing record three and record four and record five, which you signed for years ago, which was way less significant money. And um, so it, it literally surprised me, surprises me to zero percent that uh, Hollywood works the same way. Um, you want to yeah. be in a Marvel movie? You're, you're going to be in it for eight movies. Like we're going to lock you in for eight movies if we choose to use you. You don't have to do eight right. movies. We don't even have plans for what those are. But we want to be able to pull you in um, if you want to get at least this one movie, which is like your own and, standalone or whatever. And that's why Joaquin it, Phoenix wasn't Captain uh, or not Captain uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, he didn't like that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not a big sequel guy. No, he said that um, he's never done a but sequel. But the, the the Robert Downey Jr. example is really good, especially because he didn't have the leverage he has now. That kind of revived his career in a sense. I think before yes. that, the, so the, he, he, 
I don't mean to cut you off, but just so that everyone at home knows, James and I are both right, actually. The first movie, he made $500,000. It was one contract. And then for Iron Mm. Man 2 and beyond, he then negotiated up to $10 million a movie. And then, like James said, they ran out of movie appearances and then ended up paying him $75 million for Avengers. So we were both right. I just wanted to correct that before someone in the comments goes, that's actually not right. Sorry, John. Yeah. Go ahead. I, yeah, the seventy-five million I knew was like way after he had run out of pictures. Yes. But I, I and then was, they got I'm, they got to that point where they were like, "Uh." I will say I am surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised that they only mm-hmm. locked him for one. It's because of what John was just saying, where he was in jail. He was, you know, had drug problems, etc. Sorry, John. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like before that, the only movie I could think of that he was in. Um, was like a scanner darkly or whatever and right. like people are like oh yeah hey, that guy still acts like i forgot about that and like favreau being favreau he like gave the guy a shot and he like believed in him and that was that was like this whole thing mm-hmm. and that's why favreau's the one who played uh his driver and he had the last line about him and stuff and you know the cheeseburger stuff and like they, they have a really close relationship as far as i understand it because he pretty much put all his faith in Robert Downey Jr. And that's a huge risk if you're the one kicking off this MCU thing. Right. Uh, and I guess we could spin that back into Star Wars because Favreau does work on Star Wars and he's working doing, doing the Mandalorian. He's taking a lot of risks on people, Favreau. I mean, yeah. I mean, Pedro Pascal's no, you know, superstar. And, mm-hmm. uh, you Gina know, you Carano look at the people well. that he's... Yeah, Gina Carano. Yeah, I mean, t- talk about putting your faith into somebody and how she explained how he worked with her and told her, you know, you're not just this and that sort of thing. Like Favreau right. is, he sounds like the type of guy you want to work for uh, because he will go to war for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see that coming through in The Mandalorian here. Now, he obviously is not the one doing the negotiating with these contracts for right. uh, with Disney and, the, and these actors and stuff, but... Um, it, it, it depends on who you are. You know, if you're a young person, like you said before, and you come in and you audition, you're one out of 3,000 people and you get the job and, and they say, all right, well, we're, we need to lock you in for six pictures. You're not going to be like, ah, <laughs> I, I don't know. They're like, all right, well, we have 2,999 other people that look like you and act like you and they'll take the job. See you yeah. later. So it's easy mm-hmm. to net these stars like that. I don't know about Rosario Dawson, like what her career leverages how badly she she seemed to really want to be ahsoka for these last yeah, three years definitely so i think this was probably one of those things that didn't take much negotiation maybe some dollars and cents and stuff her marvel but, stuff's been over so yeah and it gives them options so if they do want to pop her into kenobi she or they do devil. want to pop her into uh cassie and they can do that but I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. We'll see. We'll see what what's we'll see what we think about her popping in the Mandalorian. Maybe we don't like it and they <laughs> they get a reaction from fans that it's not good and they're like, "Well, we had the options. We're not going to go forward with them." But right. yeah, but it happens a lot and it's normal, yeah. Yeah. It's funny that they signed uh Felicity Jones to 2 and then they move forward with Cassie and Andor. <laughs> well, you, you know, now that I think about that though, they when they signed her with the option for 2 and I guess they did for um, Diego Luna too. At first, she's gonna the, live. The first drafts had her and Cassian secretly getting off on this ship and and going like uh, mm-hmm. off in secrecy, like almost like what do you call that? 
um, like exile. a cliffhanger. Wit- like witness protection, or like, oh. yeah, you just kind of go hide away or whatever. Yeah. And uh, like live happily ever after, or what have you. But then the rewrites and stuff are like, no, nah, we got to kill these characters. And so the contract came first. So yeah, she did die, but it did make sense in the first draft that they, they get rid of a second option. Sure. But again, prequels, Star Wars, those all the sort of stuff. And um, yeah. World between worlds aside, you know. Uh, they, I mean, they, they had the book Rebel here. Rising, which was, you know, her a period of time where she was basically Jyn Erso, you know, right. running around mm-hmm. doing things. And it was to- it was good. They could have made that movie, but they didn't, you know, they're going to move forward with yeah. Cassian um, yeah. in that era pre the movie. Um, but yeah, I think that wraps up everything. I think we all said the same thing, uh, give or take a few points. But um, let's move on to the next story because Luke Hull, um, kind of, a, it's funny, we're having another one where we're like, who's this guy? You know, <laughs> yeah. random name coming in here. But Luke uh, Holt joins the Cassian Andor Disney Plus series as a production designer. Um, now, he's had a couple credits in the past. One, I think, that is really kind of funny is that he is he was related to, he was an art director for King Arthur, <laughs> the movie that we were just talking about last week. Um, but, uh, Lacey, you want to talk a little bit about Luke Hull and maybe if you're interested in him as a production designer? I would make the joke of like, hey, maybe I need to see this movie. But James, you said last week, you were like, don't see it. It's not that good. <laughs> Didn't you see it? Well, uh, no, King I Arthur? said I liked it. I oh, went and saw it in it. theaters. And then when it came out, I bought it. Ah, that's what it was. Sorry. As a, he, w- he was art director, which in a way is kind of like arty productionist, you know, like yeah. the look of yeah. the film. Dude, such good visuals, man. Oh, really? That's yeah, cool. I think people yeah. didn't like it because they're bored on King Arthur. But I mean, yeah, I think medieval time stuff kind of after Game of Thrones, people will need a break. But um, which obviously isn't like strictly, but you know what I mean. Um, anyway, I think yeah, going off that a little bit, James. I think when it comes to like production design, costume designs, that kind of thing, you can't. I think it's our first reaction to be like, "Oh, King Arthur again," but it's like. It's a different type of work than writing or producing or directing because you're actually making the look of something. So mm-hmm. I think that's easier to translate and and a different idea than just being like, oh, I don't know what they've written because he's not really determining the story. He's just trying to show visuals of what the story could be. Um, that being said, he worked on Chernobyl, right? That was the other credit that he had. Yes, Everyone that was his actual production that. design. Yeah, Yeah. everyone loves that show. Um, I've only heard good things. But I was tempted to watch it um, before I I get into this. Uh, But I heard it's super, super depressing. And I'm someone that, like, takes on other people's emotions and feelings. (laughs) So I feel like that would drive me to a place that I can't return. Uh, So that's why I haven't watched it. But I've heard only good things, and it won a ton of awards, I think. I was just thinking of Anakin. You're driving me to a place that I can't, <laughs> I can't return. I can't return. Um, <laughs> it, it's hard to explain though. Like I just take on other people's feelings and energies, so it's like mm. it, it sounds stupid, but it's true. Um, it's why I cried in Winnie the Pooh like a minute and a half in with Christopher Robin being like, "It's oh. a bear," and he left him. It's just, I feel things harder than other people. <laughs> um, again, I, I don't mean to like repeat myself. It's really exciting just to hear any updates about these projects because we're all in this like uncertain what's happening, um, especially with the given pandemic, everything's getting pushed back. So it's nice to know that things are still moving forward. So um, I don't know this guy, but until I see some concept art, 
I'm sh- I have confidence that he's going to do a good job. Yeah, I'm interested in watching Chernobyl now that I did the HBO thing. It was mm-hmm. the other reason I wanted to get it um, with the new light. Like I right. probably wouldn't have played paid as close of attention to the design, the production design, you know. But yeah. uh, but now I will because I'm going to be thinking about that. John, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Luke Hole? Yeah, I mean, I don't obviously I don't know him, and I don't know that anybody would come out and say like, "Oh man, he's my favorite art director." Yeah, <laughs> like no one says that about art directors in in general. I'm not nothing to do with him, mm. but it's just not a conversation people have typically, unless you're like a real like cinephile, like behind the scenes type of person. But um, now thinking about like what you guys are saying, like King Arthur and Chernobyl, like the you're talking about capturing time periods. And one is way more drastic. You're talking about medieval times. And another one you're talking about, you know, 30, 40 years ago um, in uh, Russia. So uh, they John actually, must be... not to interrupt too, but he also was supposed to work on the Game of Thrones spinoff before it got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. He was supposed to do that. Right. Um, which always goes hand in hand with those types Kinda of dystopia. You know, medieval stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he is good at capturing, clearly good at capturing certain types of... Um, periods of time with his art direction and production design i don't know how much that factors into a casting andor series which is taking place in the new hope era but maybe he sold them on something and they saw something in him or he had an idea or knew somebody or even like joby harold was like hey you know mike let me get you in the door here i'm about to write on kenobi uh <laughs> it's possible you know favors pe- <laughs> yeah who knows people know people and you get oh, someone in joby. the door and they all of a sudden yeah <laughs> So uh, maybe, you know, he sold them on something like I know how to capture this time frame and this essence. And I love what they did with this Rogue One and how that relates to A New Hope or whatever. Who knows? But the, the one thing that stands out to me, it doesn't really have anything directly to do with him, is if they're just hiring a production designer now, this series isn't even remotely close to filming. Uh, which all the rumors were saying that this thing was going to be filming in June. Uh, you're not filming it for a show in two months if you're just hiring your production designer now so i think that bumps this thing way down the road and it's not to me this has nothing to do with coronavirus or anything i think this show has been kind of putting pieces back together since we heard about it i mean it was supposed to start filming last fall and then they bring in tony gilroy which i think may have been involved for longer than we heard to rewrite the pilot so then they were starting from 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 scratch and the rumor was that it was originally too similar to the mandalorian and it had them nervous about that so they had to re- reshape it i don't know um but i don't know that this thing's going to be filming Th- this thing may film after kenobi does for all we know or alongside it uh which makes me wonder is it going to come out in 2021 like people are expecting because i don't think kenobi's coming out in 2021 if it's filming for the first quarter or more of 2021 uh, so, well, that's Ricky, our most recent. That's our most recent update from Disney. The press release was yeah. 2022. Kenobi was coming out. I thought Kenobi 2022 makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, so probably summer 22 for Kenobi because you're gonna have the movie in December, uh, and then Mando's probably still kicking around. So you don't you don't want to overload too much probably. So I would think summer Kenobi would work. Uh, but this I don't know. I, I you know I, I'm rooting for it because they don't have anything else going on. We've talked about that. Mando is the only. S- Hard and steady thing, like Lacey said, the comfort, the the blanket that uh, the comfort blanket of Star Wars right now. Um, 
Who knows what's going on with animation? A lot of rumors about that. But then you just have this casting Andrew series and the Obi One, and I don't think this thing's coming anything remotely close to filming if they're just bringing in a production designer, like I said. So that was the thing that stood out to me, just in terms of production timeframes. Uh, right. Because I can't speak too much about production design. I'm I'm not an expert in that that sort of thing, but he knows periods and knows how to bring that to life, and that's all I got there. But that I like Lacey's point really of the dystopia. Yeah. Yeah, it's like all these like kind of broken, chaotic environments. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is, you know, eight, 17, 18 years into the empire for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah I, don't, I don't think, uh, I think, all the, uh, John, I hadn't thought about that point that you said about, um, you know, when he's coming in and stuff. I, I even don't really know how long it would take a production designer to put something together, you know. Um, you got to write the scripts first, right? You got to know what what yeah. the whole story is before you can have somebody somebody come in to set the world. So, I think I think the thing is like they say, uh, like art setups and and production design are like the first steps into like right. approaching filming. And if they're just bringing this guy in now, I mean, he may have been in the works for the last couple of months, and now they're announcing it or whatever, or he came out by a trade. But if this is like stage one of you know production filming's down hmm. way down the line when when the more most recent rumors had said that they were going to be filming in june right so i don't know right yeah um i don't know i just i am excited for it because it's a star wars disney plus show right <laughs> yes yeah um now we have another story to talk about and i think that it's almost like the opposite of exciting for the <laughs> three of us at least um we had a new book excerpt uh, come out from uh, the Shadows Fall book, which is part of the Alphabet Squadron series that's happening. And uh, what? No, oh. you said Shadows Fall. Oh, because that's the band. Yeah, it's Shadow. Yeah, Fall. <laughs> I love that band too. Which is funny. I yeah, <laughs> not the best relationship with that band. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I want to hear about that. No, it's not like beef. We just were like, you know, that guy's weird and now he's trying to be not weird anyway um but the but yeah we we i think i kind of am speaking a little bit for all of us here but we all kind of like read over this and we're kind of like what i don't know um john i'll start with you what are your thoughts on the excerpt (laughs) well (laughs) so so i read it and it's one of those things where, you know, when like you're reading something and you turn the page or whatever, and you're just like, I was thinking about lunch that whole time. Like I was not focusing on what the page is on. Then you have to go back and reread it. That's what this excerpt was to me. Um, and I, 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 I'm not able to take a lot from it. It seems like a strange choice. If you're going to sell this book, which is supposed to be about this ace squad of TIE fighter pilots that are out to wipe out the rest of the fleets of uh, the remnants of the empire. Give me like the top gun stuff. Like give me the action. Like is it X wing fighters? Yeah. Well, they all are different. So there's a B wing and a wing and X wing. Got it. Got it. U wing. That's why it's alphabet. Got it. What am I? Oh, Y wing. Patrick, Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Um, so, the, and they, they give us this where it's like them sitting around playing cards and then talking and maybe they wanted to, to have the personal moment. They wanted 
to maybe get people attracted to liking these characters more or whatever, but it didn't hit, didn't land for me. And again, you know, I, I say this a lot and I know James, you think this too. The names, uh, is getting almost like a parody of itself with star Wars. And a lot of it is the book based names. Like, you know, <laughs> Elok Talami Emlot Emelon. I'm like, you can just get, name a character Dennis or something. Like, you know, like Jen, Barbara, Barbara. Something. You want Barbara? How about this? How about this? Martha. Yeah. Where are you yeah. getting? I don't know. It's just like 1964. The, the, I don't know, but better than, better than this stuff where they just pretty, pretty much take like a, 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 a spinning ball of ping pong balls and they're like, the next letter in this person's name is X. <laughs> let's Apostrophe. put one alpha, yeah, let's put one vowel in the middle and we'll expect everybody to know who these people are and how to pronounce their names. And it's just that the names are out of control and I can't put two and two together, but let alone what the sex are. So I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be negative, but I got to be honest too. Like we can't just say we love everything all the time. Uh, this excerpt didn't didn't do it for me, so I don't know what the rest is going to turn out to be for this book, but uh, so far, strange choice. But that's where we're at for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the problem is Alexander Freed, and it's nothing. It's nothing against him personally. I just think he writes military, and. That is a specific demographic of Star Wars fans that I'm sure like really love it. Like, for instance, Clone Wars. There are a group of people who really love the clone aspect of it in like the, oh, I'm in the the 501st, right? And we all know that name, but there's like battalions and other things like that. And that stuff is almost jargon. It's like military jargon that I don't understand and I get lost in and I'm not following it. And then I think his writing style is also that same thing. Uh, Twilight company is my least favorite book because I read it twice and could not tell you anything that happened in it. I can't follow it. It's exactly what John was saying. You read it and I go, I, I don't, I'm not, it's in one ear out the other. I can't follow this. Um, so I was not excited for Alphabet Squadron and it has nothing to do with my prejudice going into it. I still just, I could not, I can't, I can't follow it. I have no clue what happened in that book. I read the whole thing. I I went through the whole thing and I'm like, I'm in the middle of it and I'm like, I still don't know who's talking. I don't know who these characters are. I can't picture them. They're throwing too much at me. Um, it's, it's almost like you need some familiarity and there's nothing. It's all new characters, all new planets. I think I, I think when it came out, I remember I could be way wrong, but I think there's only two things in the book that are even remotely familiar. And that's Harrison Dula and something else. It's like, and is wedge mentioned at all? I don't think so. Hmm. It's just, it's so so starkly stupidly confusing and and i i did the exact same thing with this excerpt too i was surprised that he got brought on for more more books maybe not even him but like seriously like to to continue this story i don't know did it sell well or something i'm kind of surprised that's another thing like i want to i mean i want us to bring Lacey in here too but i want to find out 
I can't find anywhere where you can see how many copies Star Wars books sell, and I don't know why that is, why that's so hard to find that out. Is it for all books you can't find that out? But I'm very curious to see how certain books are selling, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I, 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 I want to bring Lucy into this, too, but also my wife <laughs> just told sure me... Are you sure you do? Are you sure you want to? <laughs> my wife just sent me a picture of... Um, she put Bennett to bed. He fell asleep. She went downstairs, came back up, and he's completely naked. <laughs> he, he, in his sleep, like woke up, took all of his clothes off, and went back to bed. And they're on the floor. <laughs> I, I, I literally can't even tell you. It's so unlike him. I don't even know what's happening. It's, yeah, sounds. I'm like just me. so thrown. Lacey, please, let's, let's get my Lacey off that. Yeah. Sorry. Could have sneaked that in there. <laughs> anyway, so what? Alphabet Squadron? Um, this, I, okay. New York Comic Con, they gave everyone in the room a free copy of Alpha, Alphabet Squadron. I have it. It's a beautiful cover. It's, it's really nice. It's small. It's a paperback. I was like, oh, I could throw this in my bag. I'll read it. I'm going to be honest. I didn't read it. Guys... <laughs> It's really hard, like James said, for me to read any type of like military or like very dense space battle books. Um, I don't think they read the same as a YA or a novelization of a movie, which is a little bit more from the visual to descriptions. Like, because I've seen the movie, I kind of understand what's going on. Um this is not to the author's fault. This is probably my own intelligence level that I'm commenting on. But this excerpt in itself was confusing to me because I don't know the characters. But then also I felt like when I read the the title, I was like, oh, Shadowfall. This sounds really cool. It's about, you know, Alphabet Squadron. It's a continuation of the story. And then the excerpt wasn't really about a space battle at all. It was like maybe a paragraph. And then the majority of it was them playing cards, which seemingly is this kind of break character development moment between a couple characters. But I was expecting kind of, I don't know, something exciting to happen. And I just don't think this excerpt sold me on it. And that's where I am. But I'm excited for the people that are really looking forward to it. I hope you guys love it. Um, and tell me what you yeah. think. I, I definitely know there are people out there that love Twilight Company and and Alphabet Squadron, and I think it's just a. a I mean, look, I my, my brother was in the military, my best friend was in the military, and like when they when they talk to you, it's in a total different like language. Like they're just like right. they're using like all this jargon. Like uh, the, we'll head over to the COW, and then we'll be be back for the 518 at 300 you know and you're like you, they they talk at a, a at a pace and a jargon that you can't follow and i just i think that this book is very real for that reason like if you really got into the slums of the rebellion this is what's going to be this is how they're going to talk and that was that's what he writes best it's, i have well, a problem reading for that, star wars yeah. Yeah, potentially. I don't know. Yeah. Uh and like Lacey said, and the th- like the three of us always yeah. say, it 
us giving our honest opinions about what we think about an excerpt doesn't mean we don't think you should enjoy it or doesn't mean you shouldn't be excited for it. I I think I love when people like things in Star Wars that I don't like because I like to hear their enjoyment of it and get different points of view on it. Sometimes it changes the way I think about things. Sometimes it doesn't. So don't let us saying we're not interested in this or don't like it uh, make you feel negative about liking it. That's not why we're having these takes. We're just being honest about um, how we think of it. So that's all. I yeah. really want I a romance novel. Can we get one of those? We just did Crash Lost of Fate. Stars, Lo- Lost Stars Two. Yeah. Crash of Fate was great. I gave it like a nine, I think. Oh. Which one's Crash of Fate? Uh, here's why nobody read it because is that the Galaxy's oh, that's Edge just book? advertisements for Galaxy's Edge. That's actually a oh, line yeah. I'm pretty sure John said on this show. <laughs> yeah, but I I really like it. Yeah, I'll have to check um, it. Out. That's it. That's it for this report. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah. much all the stories, other than yeah. like random little rumors that are floating around or whatever. But yeah, uh, we're gonna wrap it up and send it over to Lacey for the scoundrels rundown. Nice. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Punch it on three. One, two, three. Switch hands. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it. guys if you're enjoying this episode you're probably a fan of what we do here on trb if you'd like access to more exclusive content or would just like to support us join us now at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast we are always releasing exclusive content to the page including eight mini episodes monthly q a's polls behind the scenes videos and you qualify for the other benefits that come with being a resistance officer at each tier So if you were thinking about joining, now is the time. It's never a better time to join the resistance, guys. As we head into celebration, we're going to have a ton of more stuff coming. So you kind of get like first dibs on cool stuff that we're doing. And it's also just a really great community to have right now. Like I would be going crazy if I didn't have people in the resistance to talk to every day. Like they just make my day. So if you like TRB swag like our fun t-shirt designs, then stay tuned because we have some very exciting news coming later this month that includes includes some new designs, revised designs, and other significant changes. Stay tuned. I don't know why I said that like it was a haunting, but stay tuned. John followed you up. Also, make sure to tune in to the Clone Wars Fan Show this Friday on the Star Wars Newsnet YouTube channel. Have you subscribed yet? If you haven't, you should. Thank you. Uh, And James will rate, review, and discuss the ninth episode of the final season of The Clone Wars. James, you're hitting your stride now. How's that going? He's got Maul on the shirt. He's ready. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Is it the... Siege of Mandalore yet? What up? I feel like the funny thing, I think you said this yourself, James, was that every week I see just tweets that are like, okay, that was a cool episode, but like, when is this happening? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's funny because w- one of the things that I even said, I uh, I know this is Scoundrel's Rundown, but one of the other yeah. stories that was out there was Ashley Eckstein talking about the, the filler episodes, and I'm sure. 100% in agreement with her. Like, you don't get the emotional weight of 
these stories if you didn't first have all of the setup. People get bored with the setup. People get bored with trying to figure out, you know, what was the point of that episode. When it pays off in the end is is that's why you had that episode and you can't just you can't just hit every time. You have to you have to roller coaster. Right. So James just Freebird gave you a little teaser. Does not start. Yeah. With that blistering guitar solo. <laughs> that you just had to all right. <laughs> Free bird. Hey. What I was That's not even how it goes. What I was going to say was, you just got a little taste of the Clone Wars fan show right now. So right. if you like that, head over there. If you didn't like it, we still have other content too. So make yeah. sure to go to YouTube and like us. Get us. We're trying to get to five thousand subscribers. I mean, come on. I'm aiming high. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, until next time, Chewie, get us out of here. All right. It is time for Ask the Resistance. I've been wondering, what are midi-chlorians? Freebird. Okay, what we do is we ask you Freebirds to tweet <laughs> us your Tweety Birds uh, and send in your questions using hashtag AskTheResistance. Sometimes we throw, uh, well not sometimes, every week I throw a tweet up saying send us your questions, send them in, and sometimes you email them, uh, sometimes they come from Patreon, sometimes uh, they come directly under a tweet, and sometimes you guys just think of it randomly and you're like, bang, hashtag AskTheResistance, and you get on the show, and these folks did it. So we're going to answer these questions as best as we can. Hopefully we satisfy you the way JJ hoped episode nine satisfied all of us. Okay, Lacey, coming yes. up to you first. What? This Weird. is from <laughs> the big Trevbo, Trevor. Hey, Trevor. Spin up the FTL. And Trevor asked, where would you guys like to see the next celebration held after whenever this celebration is actually held? So sadly, I kind of feel like they're going to have it in Orlando because it's next to a Disney park and Disney's like, yo, let's make that money. Uh, but I would love to see it in London again or Germany. I'd love to go to another country for one of these. Now, it's quite the budget. However, it is really fun to go to another country. I was there for uh, London in 2016 and it was it was a blast. And plus, we have a lot of fans in the UK and in Europe. Hey, guys, that would really love to not have to come all the way to the US. But Ola. most likely after California, it's going to head right back to Orlando. Hmm. Unless Disney's like, we want to keep it in the same location every other year from D- uh, D23, which then it will constantly be in California. Interesting. Which All is right, the cool. easiest thing for them to have mm-hmm. guests come to the show because it's Burbank and it's right outside of L.A. Um, and then they don't have to pay for guests to fly to Orlando. Orlando would be sweet. It's like a two and a half hour flight. I went to 2017. It was great. Yeah, I, I'm just saying like I'm thinking from just selfishly, it's like six hours, six and a half hour flight. To I know. We're both dreading California. that. Yeah. <laughs> dreading that flight. Um <laughs> Well, let's hope it ha yeah. John let's- and I did it in December. It is it's long. Yeah. Like yeah. you look at your watch, yeah. you're like, it's been five minutes. The long mm-hmm. flights are the easiest. See, ugh, I disagree. That doesn't make any sense. It does, because yeah. you have a bigger plane, it's more stable, there's a lot more entertainment. Uh it's the short, like one hour, like you're crammed into this like 
thing and it's like every time there's like yeah those flights suck i hate those flights i will take a four hour any day james george r hins wants to know with their twitty twitty handle twitter handle at slouchy two uh george r hins asked if you see what huge influence the reveal of Leia being Vader's daughter had on the galaxy and her career. How could a Jedi order be built by the emperor's granddaughter? And how could it even survive when her heritage becomes public? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have an answer for this. Um, it didn't affects, it didn't affect Luke. Um, the thing was, is if the reason we know this is because of the book bloodline, and it drastically affected Leia's political career. But she was also kind of like, man, it sucks because now people know that about Luke. But at the end of the day, like, Luke was kind of off doing his own thing. Like, if, if you will, it's like you're thinking it like like Leia was on Leia had 26 million followers on Twitter. <laughs> right. Luke doesn't do social media. So how is it going to affect them? It's like, well, it's probably going to drive Leia off of social media. But Luke is like, is I don't care what people think. Like I am, I'm totally disconnected from that world. I don't see it really affecting Ray, un- unless they want the story to be that it's like she's starting the next galaxy wide thing and i just don't think that's it i think it's more going to be like her a small group of people staying focused spreading the word and and starting the 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 teachings again um from a from a grassroots Mm -hmm. perspective so i think personally i think unaffected that's a great point a lot of people forget to look right to luke as what didn't affect him too poorly yeah, and he was that, already able to create that yeah stuff. and that yeah. story it was very clear in that book that he was part of that as well like they were like right. and your brother the guy who saved the rebellion and all this you know right and you know i know this was your question but you just made me think of this um if they made ray some sort of like head of a new jedi order academy or whatever it like hamstrings her to that and then she can't go on more adventures and stuff um, kind of like how we felt, you know, Leia may have been hamstrung as a general and she wasn't able to go off and do all this stuff and the sequels, but, um, great, great answer, James. Um, okay now, so two great answers and now I got to try to see if I can hang on with you guys here. Uh, Tyler Bradshaw at Ty Brad five cool handle. Didn't get your handle. Though. Um, asked, uh, Thanks for the question, Tyler. What are the chances Uncle Owen goes on Obi-Wan's adventure as well? And how likely is it we see Owen off-world? I think Owen has a lot of story left to be told. Uh, I kind of disagree a little bit here. I I don't think they're going to spend time building some sort of buddy cop relationship between Owen Lars and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think what they're going to do is give us a reason to understand why Owen doesn't trust Obi-Wan Kenobi and that whole idea that he's against, that whole crazy 
wizard, crazy adventurers, and that wild, wacky Jedi stuff. Like, uh, he's not about that. This guy is a homebody. He's a farmer, family business. We haven't seen him off Tatooine in all the spans of times we saw him. I don't think he's going too far. I also... I've kind of noticed this thing, and I don't think you're this type of uh, labeler, Tyler, but where people think every character we've met needs to have some sort of boost to their character or history or need to have big moments or a bigger role. So, like, that's good storytelling. You need everyone plays a role. And Owen Lars is a minor supporting character. I definitely think Joel Edgerton is showing up in this series. He has talked about wanting to be all in. He has even joked about, you know, what you're saying. Owen Lars can do a lot of things. He can go on adventures and stuff. But an actor, of course, wants to have a big role because you want to be a big part of the project. Um, but I, I think he will appear, but I think it's going to be kind of a more subtle type of thing. A little more similar to the Owen Lars we saw in A New Hope. And maybe we will kind of see how they butt heads where Obi-Wan may interact with a young Luke and Owen, you know, may not like that very much. I want to see that, but I don't think he's going off with blasters and going all these different planets and stuff like that. I think that'd be very weird for us to see Owen Lars doing that. So I don't think that's going to happen, but I think he will be in the series. And I think Joel Edgerton is going to be coming back to do that. Uh, So thank you for that question, Tyler. Um, All right, guys, one more real quick here. Uh, We'll all answer this one. It's a multiple choice by Kylo 10, Ashley at uh, Fulcrum Andor. Uh, she was at our panel celebration, hey, so Ashley. I'm not, we're not sure if you're, you're going to celebration again uh, whenever that happens, but we hope to see you. Uh, so thanks for this question here, Ashley. She's been a listener for a long time yeah. of TRB. Um, so uh, anyway, um, Ashley asks, Kathleen Kennedy gives you these options for an upcoming Star Wars movie, but you can only choose one to make now, one to save for later, and the rest will never be made. So which do you choose to make now and save for later, knowing that the other two options will never be made. All right, ready, guys? I'll start with you, Lacey. The options are an Ahsoka movie post Revenge of the Sith, Ben Solo's Fall, Rey post The Rise of Skywalker, and Lando between Solo and Empire Strikes Back. So which would you make now? Which would you make later on? And which two are... So I hearing that i was like oh i easily know which ones i'm gonna make but there is a caveat to my choices so it's kind of forcing my hand so first i would pick ben solo's fall to be first and the reason i'm saying that is because adam driver is getting older he can't play his own fall if he gets too old so he'd have to do that sooner rather than later um i think that would also help a lot of people that are are not feeling great about star wars because of his character dying in the rise of skywalker um, and then my second choice would be Rey post The Rise of Skywalker. I'd love to see more Rey. I want to see where she goes. I want to see more of her new lightsaber. And I think it's okay if it takes a little bit of time to come because then she'll be a little bit older. We can go a couple years in the future. Um, as for Ahsoka and Lando, Lando, I've always pictured him as a secondary character. So it's not the end of the world if I don't get more info about him. And Ahsoka is not my favorite character so i would pick ben solo and ray over her not that she's a bad character just not my favorite those eh, good reasons smart logical choices um i'm just gonna real quick say i agree with your choices for your reasons um those make a lot of sense um and if i was put in charge by kathleen kennedy where my job is on the line i don't think ahsoka could carry a theatrical movie by herself 
And uh, I, the same goes for Lando, in my opinion. And uh, the other reasons you gave made sense. So that I'll just put that as my answer what? too. What? Um, uh, so James, mm-hmm. let's go, buddy. What do you, uh, what do you do? Kathleen Kennedy's giving you the, the reins here. So I didn't realize there was a choose one now, save one for later. The other two never get made, but it literally changes my answer. Not at all. Because when I read, <laughs> when I read these four, I literally thought, well, that's, that's, I would never do that. That would never happen because of X reason. And the same for this one too. And then the other two fell perfectly into that. Um, so the two that I'm going to get rid of right away are Ahsoka post uh, Revenge of the Sith. The reason being, we already have that story. It's a book. We already have it. It exists. Go read it. It's part of canon. They're never going to ad- adapt to a live action story. The second one is Ben Solo's Fall. We already have it. They already did it. It's already a <laughs> canon yeah. story. They're never going to adapt it. Those two off the table immediately. Um, so the, uh, the, the one that I would actually choose is Lando between Solo and Empire Strikes Back. That's make Solo 2 happen, in my opinion. It's not the same thing. It's not exactly it. But it is something that we got in Solo that I'm like, this was great. Get Donald Glover. Tell more stories. I would love to go on his adventures, his point of view. He could carry a movie on his own easily, and it would be awesome. And then you could have... Yeah. Other characters show up as well. And I love that time frame. Absolutely, that's going to happen. The other thing I'm saving for later, obviously, Ray posts the Rise of Skywalker. Give her some time, let her age up a little bit, and then bring us back, you know, 10 years later or whatever. And uh, we get to revisit that character and see her age in real time. Boom, done. I think. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't wait till she's 70. <laughs> well, yeah. But this is funny. John was talking about on one of our Patreon things. The only answer is that, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people people definitely <clears throat> like to do that. Um, hands down, okay. best yeah, answer. Hands yeah. down. Yeah, best right. Answer. Yeah. Is there? Is, is this even a question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, guys. That great answers. Uh, thank you, guys, so much for your questions. Uh, obviously, if you want to get your question used on the show uh, anytime you want, send out a tweet using hashtag AskTheResistance. Uh, send us an email at resistancebroadcast at gmail.com or look for our tweet when we ask for questions and pop it underneath. Uh, even if you want to throw one in the comments on our YouTube videos, you know how to find us. Shoot us a question and uh, we'll get you on the show. So thank you so much for being a part of the show. But that takes us to the end of the show. Well, towards the end. These last few minutes sometimes, if you saw last Thursday, you got a little bit surprising, a little interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, None of us are wearing hooded zippies, so we're not revealing any different shirts like Clayton did last week. But um, I want to say thank you to everyone who has been listening and watching and being a part of the resistance. I know a lot of new people have joined us recently, so welcome to TRB. Uh, You're always welcome, so make sure you subscribe to the show twice a week, Monday and Thursdays. We have new shows. Uh, And also tell your friends. If you have friends who like Star Wars, share a link of one of our videos or one of the podcasts. We're on every app, so subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean. Everywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. Um, uh, Make sure you go to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. All the articles we talked about earlier today were from StarWarsNewsNet.com. And if you are not sick of us twice a week, and our other videos on YouTube, you can become a resistance officer at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Like Lacey talked about before, just hop over to the site. We have five tiers starting at just two bucks a month for page access. Uh, So find out which tier 
you like, sign up, and we really appreciate the support, and we know you en- will enjoy the exclusive content and other perks that come along the way. Uh, a very special thank you to our generals over there. That's Carmelo, who's going to be our uh, pod racer on Thursday. He's going to be on the show. Uh, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, Michael Gaines, and Val Trichkoff. Generals, thank you so much for all your support. We can't do it without you. We really appreciate it. Uh, tpublic.com slash user slash resistance broadcast to find Make Solo 2 Happen shirts and mall shirts. Not the shirt Lacey's wearing, but she has a bunch of ours. And uh, check it out. But like, like we said before, some interesting stuff coming down the pike. But that's it for that on that. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and StarWarsNewsNet.com. James? Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Lacey? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. And on Thursday, you can find me hosting a whole segment myself. Oh. So the the gloves are coming off <laughs> because Thursday, it's me versus James in Who Are You? That's right. It's coming back, baby. I Our forgot movie about quote that. guessing game. And uh, yeah, so we're going to play on Thursday and we want you to play along. So make sure you do tune in on Thursday. Lacey's going to hit us with all the quotes. Padme quotes. All the Padme quotes. This is... uh, uh, I I better get studying. I did did my research. This is off the cuff, but did you guys want to do that like group comment thing? Oh, he left. All right, bye. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) John just walked away. He's back. Do I want to do what? baby. Um, Well... I got to study. Every day to... You're such. You you went off the show just to grab your DVDs. Well, cool I just story, to show John. I just wanted to show everybody. Well, I'll I'll save it for Thursday. That's fine. Um, okay. did did you want to do the the group comment thing? I'm kind of putting you on the spot. So go ahead, James. It was your idea. I, I want you to. This is your time. <laughs> I I don't know. Okay. <laughs> We're always looking to to help out the YouTube channel. So liking, subscribing, obviously like that. But another one that you can do is leave comments. It helps with the algorithm. So we were thinking if you wanted to leave a comment or uh, or kind of have a discussion with us, we'd set a time like, I don't know, like 11 a.m. Noon. They will do noon, maybe. Um, and Noon east? Noon mountain? Noon oh, east. that's noon a good point. Pacific. Yeah, Absolutely it'd be, east. It'd be noon east. east. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so at noon east, after the noon episode east. comes out, uh, leave us leave us a comment. Come and talk to us. We'll be there commenting back and, and talking and having just kind of a chat within the comment section. Hopefully, we can get some numbers up. So that was just my idea. I don't know if we'll continue doing it, but let, let's try it out on this episode and maybe Thursdays. Okay. I wonder if there's a character in Bla- in Shadowfall called Noon East. That would make sense. Probably <sighs> with three X's. Yeah. Free bird. Right. All right, guys. <laughs> um, so I, we got to get out of here because I got to get studying because Thursday is yeah. going to be uh, a tough battle. Lacey's going to hit us with the tough questions, I'm sure. Yeah. Tough quotes. Padme. And, but we, we, you study too because you guys are going to play along with us and we'll see uh, if you do better than us and we'll see who wins between me and James. But until then, enjoy your weeks. We hope everyone's doing well out there. Hang in there and we'll see you Thursday when the base opens right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids. Bye.